It seems that no matter where you look, there's pop culture news flying around everywhere. But how can you keep up so you're ready to roll when a new episode of the Popcast comes out? Wouldn't it be wonderful if there was one place where you could go to get all the news you want? Then boy do I have good news for you, because Flipboard is here to help. Flipboard curates the world's stories so you can be smarter in your work, life, and play. Choose from thousands of topics to personalize Flipboard, and get the latest stories from the best publishers and experts delivered to you 24-7. Used by millions of people every day, Flipboard is how people move themselves and the world forward. Get started now at Flipboard.com. That's Flipboard.com. This is episode 25 of the Popcast. Hello, welcome to the Popcast, the pop culture podcast from Vernacular. We're your hosts, Maureen and Josh Goldman. Each week, we'll dive into the latest in pop culture with our three regular segments. First, the snack bag, where we cover some smaller stories from the past week. Second, the marquee topic, where we dive in depth into one pop culture story or event. And third, the teasers, where we give our suggestions for pop culture content you might have missed, but should definitely check out. All right, welcome back, everybody. Hi, everybody. Maureen, how are you? I'm great, Josh. How are you? I'm doing well. It's December. Are you into the holiday spirit yet? I am completely into the holiday spirit. How's your Christmas shopping going? Good. I've gotten a lot of great gifts for people. I don't know why I said yours. I mean, it's pretty much ours. Like, we give presents together. How's our how's our holiday shopping going? <laughs> our holiday shopping's going really well, honey. Thanks for asking. Great. Thank you for doing the holiday shopping. I still have some things to pick out, but, you know, Maureen has been an MVP so far. Yeah, I'm more of a pr- prepared shopper and Josh is more of like a like the week before Christmas. It's because I try to put too much thought into these things and then I just delay and delay and, and delay. And then you get really stressed then out. I get stressed yeah. out. Thank goodness for Amazon delivery on Christmas Eve. Yes, which he did last year. No, no, two years ago. We won't say who it was for, but they loved it. Yeah, it was two years ago. Maureen, we don't have a lot of other follow-ups, so should we yes, jump? Yes, we do. Oh. Follow-up of two things. Okay. Thing number one, physical activity. Maureen, how's it going? We were going to try to do something. Mine's been going pretty well. Good. You're doing some yoga? Yeah, the yoga's petered out. I was trying to do like a 10-minute yoga video. I, my My biggest issue is just that like I never want to do it. So I don't really know how to get over that hurdle. I did a couple. But what I do really like doing is taking long walks outside. And it's been colder, obviously, but I've gotten a couple of those in in the past couple weeks. And that is really refreshing to me. And I like being outside and I like walking. I don't know if I'd like walking on a treadmill as much, but it's I just find that it like really clears my Well, that's so boring. Walking on a treadmill is boring. Can I tell you what my workouts have been? Yeah. I've been working my creative muscles. Ooh, good one. I made a short film. You did. It's a one-minute short film. Link to it in the show notes. I will link it in the show notes if you haven't checked it out. It was really fun to make. So yeah, that's been my working out. I really do need to do some physical working out. Maureen, what is your other piece of follow-up? You said number two. The stool. Oh, Maureen, why do you keep bringing this up? Because you insist on making it and inquiring minds want to know how it's going. It's not going well, but uh, maybe I'll have an update. I will definitely have an update at the beginning of the new year because I want to finish it by Christmas and we're not going to do a podcast the week after Christmas. So the first week in January, I will have a solid stool update for you all. Maureen, let's jump into the snack bag. Josh, Josh, let's jump into the snack bag. Maureen, what is our first snack bag topic today? So we talked about our Thanksgiving episode where we watched all of the Thanksgiving episodes 
of Friends. And we did that because it's streaming on Netflix. And there's been all kinds of drama lately Lots about of drama this Netflix week. and Friends and Friends going off of Netflix and coming back on. Josh, give us the bottom line. It was a whirlwind of a day earlier this week. There were reports that Friends was going to be taken off Netflix. And then just a couple hours later, the report surfaced that no, it was going to stay on Netflix through 2019. And I guess what happened was their contract to license Friends was going to run out. And they ponied up $100 million to play Friends exclusively on Netflix all of next year. I think this was a smart investment because Friends is a really like covetable, covetable, covetable. Like I don't people, think that's a word. people covet it. Yes, people covet Friends. People, it's popular enough that people want to watch it, and I think people would be willing to sign up for Netflix just to be able to have access to it. I guess the real thing is that Warner Brothers is going to have their own streaming service, so they might want to have it on there. But I did read in this article that we will link in the show notes that. The bigger property on Netflix is actually The Office. Yeah. And so if The Office ever tries to, you know, go out onto its own streaming network, then they're going to have maybe even more money to pony up to keep that on the service. So we'll just have to wait and see. But the good news is if you still want to watch Friends or you want to rewatch it, it's still on Netflix for all of next year. My big takeaway from this article was... Like they mentioned like five different companies, like Apple wants to have their own streaming and AT&T wants to have its own streaming. And like, what the hey? Like, I, I can't have all of these streaming services. As I mean, it there is, are I want to like, get rid of cable and just pick Netflix and just like commit. We always have Amazon Prime because we need that two-day shipping for Christmas Eve. But other than Netflix and Amazon Prime. Well, uh, HBO. But I would be willing to move away from all of it other than Netflix and Amazon Prime. Well, good thing I'm you're married to me. might even be willing to get rid of Netflix. No, what? I all right. don't know. Well, you're married to me, and for now, we're going to keep them all. <laughs> Maureen, our next snack bag topic. This is something that I saw, and I really wanted to have a conversation with you because I wonder if we have different perspectives on this. But earlier this week, Beyonce and Ed Sheeran both performed at the Global Citizen Festival in South Africa. And there was a big thing that came out that Beyonce was had like six different outfits, beautiful outfits that she wore during during the festival. And Ed Sheeran wore his normal jeans and a t-shirt. And there was this whole debate that was sparked that basically said, do we give preferential treatment to men who dress sloppily over women who have to feel like they have to dress up in public? Does that seem to sum up the issue here? Yeah, I mean, basically what they were saying is like, here are these two megastars I might argue that Beyonce is a little bit more famous than Ed yeah. Sheeran. I mean, they're both. But huge. here are these two like very famous music artists, and Beyonce like looks like an art piece, and Ed Sheeran looks like he lives in his parents' basement. Now, what was your take on this? Because I'm curious what you thought of this. I think both sides are true. So, first of all, Ed Sheeran did nothing wrong. He's an artist. He gets to wear whatever he wants. Beyonce's an artist. She gets to wear whatever she wants. I think it, it like. Ed Sheeran should not be blamed for showing up in a t-shirt. If that's what he's most comfortable in, then let him be. However, I think it's more of like society that I do think that women are expected to look different than men. And this, what immediately came to my mind was, okay, well, are there any female artists that have Ed Sheeran's sloppy, disheveled vibe and are just as successful? And I really couldn't think of any. I Googled it, in fact, and Google didn't really understand what I was asking for. But the closest that I came to was 
Maggie Rogers, who's really not that famous yet, but she's got this like kind of bohemian, like like hipster vibe. But even her, I wouldn't call it sloppy. Like no, not okay, like Ed, Ed Sheeran's not sloppy. Look, he showers. He's just wearing a t-shirt and jeans. Like it's not like he's disgusting. He just has his own vibe. It's very relaxed. That's a better word for what it. What I was saying is that Maggie Rogers doesn't even really look like that. She looks a little bit more done up than yeah. he does. But the point that I came to was, let's think about it in life. Women wear makeup. Men generally do not. Women are typically doing their hair. Men are, I, I don't know. I, I, this is, I'm speaking in very broad terms here, but I do think, and this is not like a recent thing, but I think that this is much more of a society, like baked into societal expectations that women are expected to look more done up. It also made me think of the movie A Star is Born, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. But in that, you have Bradley Cooper, who's this like mega country rock star, who's just like completely, you know, does he even shower? We don't really know sometimes. And Gaga's character starts off as more of this like, you know, earthy girl, but then she ends up becoming this polished pop star, a la Beyonce, a la Gaga herself, where it's curated and there's costumes and there's spectacle. I, I don't know if men are expected to do the same thing. Can you think, conversely, can you think of any guys who have shows like Beyonce or Britney in her heyday or Gaga or Taylor Swift even? Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure there, there are guys who do that. But I think- I guess that, maybe Justin Timberlake would yeah, have like I mean, a I show with like- like pop stars yeah. tend to have these big productions. I think your point's well taken. I, you know, I really can't speak to how women are, are supposed to act and that's something that's valuable for you to express because you are a woman i you know i'm not expected to dress up and look nice and do my hair and do my makeup so i totally take that point so the only thing i think about this situation is that there's probably not a worse example for them to choose to make this point because beyonce clearly want see she seems to want to be big and bold and wear these big costumes and these big outfits and ed sheeran totally doesn't so right. so i think that it's whether or not it's their personal taste that's that's what their brands are that's how they have branded themselves yeah but I, maybe so i just can't imagine i mean again i don't know beyonce but she seems to be the kind of person at least how she well, yeah, presents if you look publicly at your, like her maternity announcement for example which was a very personal thing that was not part of a show but it was very lavish and beautiful and well designed yeah, so my point is that making the comparison between Ed Sheeran and Beyonce might not be the best two people. Now, if you found a female artist who felt like she had to dress up and made a point to say that versus Ed Sheeran who doesn't have to, that might be a better argument for this case. But I think the point is, would anyone say that they are told that they have to dress up? If you were big enough and you were famous enough, then you might say something. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, just an interesting point uh, to consider. Maureen, our next snack bag topic here, Priyanka Chopra, an actress, and Nick Jonas, a musician and actor, I guess, got married they this did. past weekend. Yes. The wedding was in India and it was this big, big thing. I don't have so much to say about the wedding. You might have some things to say. The only thing I wanted to point out was that they had two different ceremonies. They had one that was Christian for Nick Jonas's side. And then they had one that was Hindu for Priyanka Chopra's side. And they both look great at both of them. But Maureen, 
in the Christian ceremony, Priyanka Chopra had a veil that was 75 feet long. It is so beautiful. She'd have like six people carrying it. And of course had a drone flying over her. And that drone shot is just like amazing. 75 feet long. I think your veil was, I don't know, four or five feet long. How long was it? It was way longer than that. It was longer? Yeah. Boy, shows what I know. I don't know how long. Six 10, 12. What? Are you serious? Yeah. Your veil? Well, it went from the top of my head and like trained behind me. Okay. So let's say nine feet. Okay. 75 feet. I know. It's amazing. I feel like someone would have gotten lost under there. You, yeah. you know how when they roll out the the tarps at stadiums, like baseball stadiums, and someone gets <laughs> caught underneath? Can you imagine if someone got well, caught underneath? so they'd be... I know, but it would still be funny. That Even better, you could see them like flailing underneath the veil. Yeah. That'd I thought funny. her veil was stunning. I, w- I was going to say, I, I knew that this wedding happened. I didn't know a ton about it. So as we were researching it for the snack bag today, I was like looking through all the pictures. And then I was like reading about Priyanka. Um, Priyanka and Nick and I, she's 10 years older than him and I just want to say get it girl like yeah, I she's just 36 awesome. Nick yeah. Jonas is 26 I love well, it. I wish them all the best they seem really happy it's a weird pairing but hey if they're in love they're in love why is it weird I don't know he just seems I don't know kind of strange do you and know she's him? like, yeah, I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> we're buds I think they're both beautiful and if they end up having children they're gonna have beautiful little babies Maureen, our last snack bag topic. This is just something really quick that I oh, wanted to talk about. Oh my gosh, you guys. Josh put this in the snack bag topic and I can't think of anything worse in the entire world. So a couple, I don't know, okay, months that's a, ago. That's a gross overstatement, but I'll let you share what it is now. A month or two ago, we talked about the song Baby Shark, which is this phenomenon that has been Baby sweep- Shark. Do, nope, do, you already do, sang do, it last baby. time. Let's, let, let's not sing it again, please. Or as Caleb says, baby do, 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 do. Yes, our son was or maybe still is i can't tell what he's into song wise these days basically this company took the song baby shark from the artist pink fong which is the most famous version of this song and they put it into stuffed animal sharks so that basically when you when you would squeeze the shark the song would play maureen you've expressed your reaction horrifying and I mean, like, it's as it is, we have to listen to it enough times a day. If Caleb could control however many times it played, it would never stop. They sold out within two days, and I could not be happier. <laughs> if that thing made it into our home, it would find its way into the trash can very quickly. Let's just say we will not be going jingle all the way for one of these. Oh, nice. Nice reference. Thank you. A little Schwarzenegger. Maureen, should we jump into our marquee topic? This week, we wanted to talk a little bit about the Golden Globes. So we've got some host info and some nominations that we want to talk about. And I have lots of thoughts about the nominations, but Josh, I'll let you kick it off. Who is hosting this year and what do you think about it? If you haven't heard, this year's host of the 76th annual Golden Globes will be Andy Samberg, part of Saturday Night Live back in the day, part of the- The chronic What Calls of Narnia. Part of the Lonely Island and also currently part of the- now NBC show Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and strangely, Sandra Oh, who is a great actress, but I would never have tapped her to be an awards host. So I'm excited to see what they do. It's a weird pairing. I guess they presented together at the Emmys. And she, I mean, she got a lot of attention at the Emmys. People thought she would win. She didn't end up winning. So, I mean, I think it's just a Sandra Love Oh, Sandra Love, Sandra Oh Love Fest. And I say, why not? Sometimes the comedians fall flat for me, so I'm happy to have a normal actor up there to represent and kind of bring some more humanness to it rather than just, like, shtick. I think it'll be really interesting, and she is the first 
Asian person to ever host the Golden Globes. Hooray. So that's cool. So with that, let's get into the nominations that were announced earlier today. There are both film and television nominations, as the Golden Globes do. The big news out of the film nominations was that sight unseen, at least to the general public, the film Vice, which is the biopic of Dick Cheney, led the way with six nominations. I mean, are we surprised? Christian Bale looks phenomenal in that role. And by that, I do not mean handsome. I mean, as in a talented actor who has transformed himself into He really Dick committed. So that, that film was nominated for Best Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy, Best Director for Adam McKay, Best Actor for Christian Bale, Best Actress for Amy Adams, Best Supporting Actor for Sam Rockwell, who's playing George Bush. Who also has been cleaning up for Supporting Actor lately. Yeah. And last but not least, Best Screenplay for Adam McKay. The other big nominees from the Golden Globes in the movie category this year, which we'll talk about first, are A Star is Born, which has five nominations. Green Book, which has five nominations, Mary Poppins Returns, which has four nominations. What were your thoughts on these movie nominations? Okay, right off the bat, I'm super excited about all of the nominations for Star is Born. Really pumped for Gaga. She's nominated for Best Lead Actress. Bradley Cooper is nominated for Best Lead Actor and Best Director. Josh, you had mentioned that there was a snub in this category or for A Star is Born for... Yeah, I was surprised that Sam Elliott was not nominated for Best Supporting Actor. So we'll see if he can continue his momentum later in the awards season. I did read an article about how the Golden Globes aren't necessarily the best predictor for Oscar nominations coming down the line because they have these separate categories, musical or comedy and drama, which they split. And they also have a very small voting body. They have about 90 some people and the Oscars have thousands and thousands of members who vote. So the nominations will likely end up being different for the Oscars when we get there. But it's interesting to note, this is sort of like the first major awards ceremony that we're going to have. And it's really interesting to see who was recognized. So I was really, really pumped. I guess we'll stick with movies first and then move into TV. Okay. So I was really pumped that... Elsie Fisher, I wanted to make sure I said her name right, was nominated for a lead actress for in the comedy movie category. And she's the star of Eighth Grade, which Josh and I have mentioned before. And she is this really beautiful young actress who I think gave a tremendous performance. So I don't know if she'll win, but I'm really, really pleased that she was nominated. And I felt really bad for Steve Carell. I feel like that was for the Timothy Chalamet one. Yeah, beautiful boy. Yeah, he. I mean, I, I felt like that was going to be an award contender for him. And the one thing that I'll say in terms of movies is Mary Poppins received a bunch of noms. It received four nominations for Best Musical or Comedy, Best Lead Actress for Emily Blunt, Best Lead Actor for Lin-Manuel Miranda, and for Best Score. But Maureen, what didn't it receive? It received zero nominations for Best Song. There were five things. One is from Star is Born, duh, and it'll probably win. Who, who, what these four other songs are, I have no idea. But not a single song from Mary Poppins got nominated. If that's not a red flag, I don't know what is. The one thing that I wanted to say about the movie nominations, something that I've never really understood, and they're not directly correlated, but it's still interesting to note. It's hard for me when a movie gets nominated for Best Picture 
and the director isn't recognized. Because the director of a film really has the most say over what a movie is going to be. So particularly the ones that were nominated today that I was surprised didn't get any recognition for Best Director were Black Panther, which was nominated for Best Motion Picture Drama. I don't understand how you can have a movie like that be nominated for Best Picture and not receive a nomination for Best Director. I mean, the director, Ryan Coogler, is responsible for how the movie turns out. But then that would be the same category. Anything nominated for Best Picture would automatically be the same as Best Director. I'm not saying they should be linked so like what would be the differentiator what would make someone be nominated for one and not the other i don't know what people tend to look at but i think about a movie like black panther which is a humongous movie that that requires coordination on levels beyond lots of things and he pulled it off not just that he also put a lot of heart and a lot of emotion into that film he made a comic book movie feel like something more and for me that directing should be recognized where some of these other ones I can I could have taken out yeah I mean it makes sense to me not I don't know that there's a way to do this but I feel like the directing award should be about the process not necessarily the end result Maureen any other thoughts on the film side no I have thought on the tv side though I want to add one more thing about the films for those of you curious why the film Roma was not nominated for Best Motion Picture Drama, despite getting nominations in a bunch of other major categories and being one of the front runners potentially for an Oscar nomination later this year. It's because the HFPA, who is the voting body for the Golden Globes, they have a weird old rule that says a foreign film cannot be nominated for Best Picture Drama or Best Picture Musical or Comedy doesn't make any sense they are in fact a foreign body who votes on these things but that is the rule so roma is nominated for best best foreign film and they will likely get a best picture nomination at the oscars later maureen let's jump over to the tv category give me your thoughts on these yeah i was very much underwhelmed and kind of like okay cool whatever but i was really happy that allison brie got nominated for best lead actress in a comedy series um, because we were really sad that she got snubbed last time for Glow. So pumped for her. And other than that, it all felt pretty standard to me. What did you think? I was excited that The Americans, one of my favorite shows that I've talked it about on the podcast like a before. a billion times last time. No, it won at the Emmys. Oh. But this is only the second time that it's been nominated for Best Outstanding Drama at the Golden Globe. So I was excited about that. There were some interesting inclusions here. There's a show called The Kaminsky Method that is a Chuck Lorre show. Chuck Lorre created Two and a Half Men and Big Bang Theory. That's This show, The Kaminsky Method, is a Netflix show. I've heard it's not the greatest show, so I'm surprised that it got so many nominations. I think it got three here, including one for Best Television Series, Musical or Comedy. I was excited to see a show like Barry that Maureen and I both watched that I really liked get nominated for Best musical or comedy television series and the other nomination that i was pretty excited about and happy about was Kristen bell who got nominated for the good place she is one of my favorite actresses and i was happy to see her rewarded for her work on that show maureen any other thoughts on the golden globe nominations no this award show is coming up exactly one month from today on january 6th or one month from the day we're recording oh yeah so a January 6th. Yeah. Your date was right, but yes. When this releases tomorrow, it'll be slightly less than a month. Yeah. So we will, of course, cover the actual show 
the week after the Golden Globes air, and we might do a little uh, little prediction the week before. We'll we'll give our predictions in the major categories. Maureen, let's jump to our teasers for this week. What's what, yours, honey? No, yours first. My teaser for this week is something small. I was listening to some music today, and one of the songs that popped up is a recent release from one of my favorite bands and one of Maureen's favorite bands, Mumford & Sons. The song is called Guiding Light. It's from their new album, Delta. I've listened to some of the album, and I don't love every song, but this song, Guiding Light, which was the first release off of the album, is pretty good. And it definitely feels more Mumford & Sons roots back to their first two albums, which we, which I really love. Did we get a little banjo in there? It's interesting. We actually don't get any banjo, what? which is the no. one thing that I missed in this song. But it's got a nice melody. It's got great lyrics. And so I encourage you to check it out. It's called Guiding Light. Maureen, what is your teaser? My teaser is a fun card game that we played with my brother and sister-in-law when we were in Boston. It's called Anomia. A-N-O-M-I-A for anyone who wants to Google it and play it. And it's uh, it's really fun. It's easy to learn. It's like a matching card game. Like you have to match categories and come up with like things in those categories. It's really fun to play in a group. So if you have a group of five or six people, it's a really fun card game to play. So that's it. That's our show. I sort of just stole your teaser at the end. That's okay, honey. I love you enough that you can have my teaser. All right, that is our show for this week. We will be back next week with a very special episode. Thanks for listening. You can leave us feedback, comments, or questions on each episode by going to vernacularpodcast.com slash popcast. We would love to hear from you and would especially love to hear what you want to hear about on the show. You can also reach us by emailing thepopcast at vernacularpodcast.com. Please also subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We put out a new one every Friday, and if it's not too much trouble, please drop us a rating or a review. It helps other people find our show. We'll be back next week, as always, sitting cross-legged on our bedroom floor with a brand new episode. Bye, everyone. Bye, everybody. You know the last time you did the intro? You did it so slowly, and I tried to speed up your voice, but then it made you sound like a mouse. Here, I'm going to do it like this, like you. This is episode 25 of the podcast. That's not how I do it. That's how I do the opening. Okay, goodbye. All right, we know I talk fast, but the the last time you did it, you said, this is <laughs> episode 23 of the podcast. I did not. It, I will right, play it on, for you on, later. On, 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 on. You're just lollygagging around.